Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next hour is devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for those willing to question what they think they know or what they may believe. Those willing to be uncertain for an hour. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and Ravinder and Andrea await you there now. You can log on by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. I love the chat room. There's a lot of great information that's shared in there, and it's not always just about the show. I read the chat logs later, and there's a good deal of humor as well. So, Ravinder, tell us all about your chat room. Yeah, you're telling our secrets. Yeah, we do chit-chat in the chat room. Um, We can chit-chat about stuff that's going on. It's all generally about, you know, stuff that helps us live better lives. So it's focused in that regard, but not always on the subject matter. So, you know, that can actually be helpful if you've got other questions that you want to get someone's opinion on. You know, that's just another reason to come join us in the chat room. We have a great group of people in there and some great insights and wisdom get shared there too, plus, of course, the humor. So do come join us. That is provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. All right. In today's spotlight, I wish to discuss the idea of fantasy land. I recently read a book by that title that is without a doubt the best book that I have ever read and the one that I most disliked. The author is absolutely an unmitigated atheist, know-it-all, who finds anything but hard science, nonsense, rubbish, and pure idolatrous fantasy. That said, his scholarship, writing ability, historical arguments are very compelling. When his 500-year history of the Americas boiled down to a bottom line, we live in a world where fiction and nonfiction have become indistinguishable for many. We live in a world where right and wrong depends upon where you live and what you believe. We live in a world where everyone is entitled to their own truth irrespective of the facts or science. We live in a world where we can all become avatars, living a life as heroes or heroines. We live in a world where anonymity makes it possible for us to behave in the vilest of ways and get away with it. We live in a world where we have become dependent upon drugs to insulate us from reality with our head trips, and or protect us from our own bad habits. In short, we are pretending to be something or someone else with our hair dyes, sexy automobiles, rugged outback SUVs, cosmetic surgeries, and the like. And what's more, all of the pretending has a high cost to society. Now the fact is, as much as I disagree with many of his biases, He has hit the nail on the head. All too many of us are living our lives doing silly things for silly reasons and pretending that somehow they are important. We chase our tails to acquire things we later have no reason for owning. We dedicate our lives to a pattern of endless consumption, buying disposable this and that. We can become immersed in the lives of celebrities and vicariously share the adventures of real people in so-called reality TV programs. We often argue with others about things we really don't understand because we have not taken the time to independently investigate the issue. We share popular sound bites based on our own biases and shout down anyone who might disagree. Bottom line... The last thing many of us do is investigate ourselves, our beliefs, our own fantasies and delusions. One of my favorite authors, R.D. Lang, postulated many years ago that we live lives of alienation 
and that we train our children to become self-alienated and thereby normal. Indeed, in the politics of experience, he writes, the condition of alienation, of being asleep, of being unconscious, of being out of one's mind is the condition of the normal man. Society highly values its normal man. It educates children to lose themselves and to become absurd and thus normal. We are not able to even think adequately about the behavior that is at the annihilating edge. But what we think is less than what we know. What we know is less than what we love. What we love is so much less than what there is. And to that precise extent, we are so much less than what we are. This is our first show of 2018. And as the new year is ever present, resolutions are front and center in most people's minds. I would encourage you all to make this the year of self-discovery. This is the first year in the rest of your life. Make it the year that you choose to become all that you can be. Examine your life and life beliefs. Take the necessary steps to engage with yourself and seek out the real meaning of your existence. Work to maximize your experiences and talents. Take nothing for granted. In short, become your authentic self. My thoughts anyway. What are yours, Ravinder? Oh, I thought you, I think you should definitely be, uh, we should all be spending time investing it, investigating ourselves, if I can get the words out today. Um, you've been talking to me about fantasy land. I really liked your uh, description of the author there. You, when you begin with unmitigated atheistic know-it-all, you know, um, but you've been sharing more and more of the book with me, and uh, it certainly does highlight all the ways that we have been taken in. You know, we pretend to be things that, that we aren't. I watch commercials on TV, you know, and they have this something new that's out that everyone has to get, and very often those commercials will have the general public running in glee because they have to get their copy of their version of um and those commercials always put me off because they are exactly that mob, mob mentality. It's like everyone has to have the same thing. And the marketers out there are working to get us into, into that frame of mind where we're not thinking about what we need. They're, they're putting onto us what they think we should be having and we're lapping it up more and more. And it's hard to get away with that. So investing us investigating ourselves is really important because you know we do inherit so much we inherit our language our religion our politics and even you know when the kids decide to rebel and choose the opposite from their parents where they're still being pushed into that direction because they're just trying to be different so again they're not thinking about it for themselves um, taking some time to Think about why you believe what you believe in. Well, I think that's the first step in discovering who you really are. But the thing that I find really interesting is, you know, that quote that you gave of R.D. Lang, um, wasn't that written back in the 60s or something? And the problem has only gotten so much worse. Yeah. So it's a slippery slope that we are sliding you know, down fast the interesting thing to me is of course our show is all about open-mindedness and our you know most of my research most of my life it's been about you know discovering what i don't know and uh, boy i'll tell you that's a lot and the and, and as i think you know i don't remember who the, the mentor was that said this you know but uh the older you get uh, the more you realize the dumber you are uh and, and But the bottom line is this, even at that, you know, I have some beliefs and uh, and some of these beliefs I, 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 I still pretty well cling to. But as I read Fantasyland, I was repeatedly challenged over and over and over again. And it does have me rethinking some, you know, important areas. I, I don't think... I think, and let me say it differently, I think when we close the book and we have all the information, we've got it all figured out, we're in our patented way doing our patterned best to, 
you know, fulfill what we think is who we are, that's when we're in deep trouble. Uh, I really think, you know, life is about a journey of understanding who we are and the world that we live in uh, as much as it's about anything else. Absolutely. You know, I agree with that. That is the scary part when you think you know who you are. When you stop thinking, you're in trouble. You have to question yourself. You have to always be open to other viewpoints. Well, and you have to be willing to admit, oops, I'm wrong. I know. (laughs) I I didn't get that one right. Yeah, we Uh, have some of those. I hung on to it for 40 (laughs) or 50 years, but oops. Oops. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Our last live show featured Mama Santa answering questions and providing intertalk tools. Miriam wrote, loved your Santa show. I couldn't call in, but the tips were fantastic. Will you be doing this every year? Well, in a word, Miriam, yes. Andrea wrote, I've been listening to my Christmas intertalk program nonstop. Love the music and the joyous affirmations. Sylvia wrote, love your shows. Mama Santa has to be one of the most generous radio programs I have ever listened to. Well, thank you, Sylvia. Moving on, Tammy wrote, Hi, Eldon. Don't know if you remember me from Steve's Marine Service. Of course I do. Did all my boat. Uh, Reupholstered the interior. You did a beautiful job. She continues, But my encounter with you has profoundly changed my life, or I am working on it. You gave us a copy of Choices and Illusions. Wow, I feel like I found my people. My cookie bag is getting smaller, and I am stretching my chicken hawk wings farther and farther every day. And and want to say to you, thank you for all that you do. Can't wait to learn more. Well, thank you, Tammy. It's great to hear from you, and keep flying. Her cookie bag, you remember that, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Bad luck fortune cookies. Well, yeah, that's one way to say it. We all gather (laughs) around. Straight out of the book, Choices and Illusions. If you haven't read that one, I, you know, uh, go get a copy. You can get it in your library and read it for free. Kelly wrote, you are the best. You are genuine in your caring. Bravo. Dr. Mark wrote, Elda and I have used your Intertalk CDs for years and have listened to your radio show. I am a philosophy religion undergrad, and I am now a chiropractor acupuncturist. I am so impressed and pleased to hear how you think through all the topics on your show. My favorite part of the show is just to hear you help me to think. Well, thank you, Doctor. I'm honored by your words. And Dr. Gilbert wrote, I congratulate you on your excellent website, which I recently found on the Internet while doing a research on hypnosis and neurolinguistic program. I think that Intertalk is one of the greatest achievements and a true breakthrough in the science of mind. Finally, Mike, who was one of our callers and received his free Intertalk programs, wrote, Thank you very much. You folks are great in so many ways. You both exude quality that was even more evident on the phone. If the opportunity ever presents, I will have to see Dr. Taylor presenting live. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. We'll write back at you, Mike. Uh, You did a really good job with Mike. You know, I think you're the one that impressed Mike. Uh, Ravinder, you want to add to that? You know, I really like those calls. I like um, helping people out on the phone. I do that a lot. You get some interesting insights into issues and stuff. Um, You know, it's your technology, though, babe, so you take full credit for it. No, you know, there's there's a lot more than just that. Okay, anyway, (laughs) that's all the time we're going to take for letters today, but we do love your comments, so please keep them coming. You can opine by writing to me at Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at EldonTaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor. We do sincerely appreciate your thoughts and ideas. Now to today's show, Common Problems with New Year's Resolutions. Every year it is customary to create a new list of what we would like to achieve in the coming year. For some, this takes the form of a resolution. Now, when one resolves something, they basically make a promise. In this instance, a promise to themselves. Some resolve to lose weight or stop smoking, be a better listener, to improve their parenting skills, to acquire a new skill set, to go back to school, and so on. 
Unfortunately, the data suggests that the vast majority of folks fail when it comes to living up to their self-promises. Why? There are top, there are 10 top reasons for this, according to most researchers. We'll be discussing those 10 and offering some ways around them, all in an effort to facilitate your success with your own self-promises, whether you're making them as a New Year's resolution or at any other time in your life. We're going to use um, Shape's article, Top 10 Reasons You Don't Stick to Your Resolutions, as kind of a guideline for today, but we'll wander off and deal with some APA findings and other issues. Nevertheless, I would suggest that that's a great article for you to follow up on. So, Ravinder, are you ready? I'm ready. Where do you want to start? Okay, well, one of the first reasons we find folks fail has to do with the idea that they're going to go it alone. The smoker decides to quit, he or she sees themselves as all alone. How is this idea best handled, Ravinder? You know, if you can find a buddy to work with you, um, that is a huge help. Just talking about it each day, even if, you know, they're some distance away and you can only, you know, text them or Skype them or, you know, chat with them on the phone, but just connecting just to see that you're both on target, that that can make um, a huge help. Um, it is good if the people immediately around you are supportive as well, but sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Um, so you have to find, you know, other ways to deal with that. So if you can find... Um, a friend to help you out, just someone that, you know, if you can talk to someone else about what your dreams and goals are, you know, even if they're not working at the same goal as you, um, just checking in with them and uh, being, in, you know, gaining some encouragement, that's, that's so a huge help. So let's say, let's bring this into, you know, something right, you know, a specific issue. Let's say we want to lose some weight. So we say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to refrain from the sweets and I'm, I'm going to eat less. You know, I notice that maybe, well, I have my dinner in front of the television set every evening because it's just relaxing. And uh, then I find myself nibbling after dinner. I, I'm going to give up the nibbling, okay? So then expressing that to your loved ones, the people around you, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Help me out. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. If you see me go for that second snack, say, hey, you remember your promise to yourself. Is that what you're saying? I think there's another element here, too. You know, we can all make mistakes. And, and, and when we have this little stutter step, we tend to say to ourselves, okay, well, blew that one, didn't I? And then we forget it and go on. Instead of saying, well, you know, today I did it right but I messed up yesterday, but I'm going to do it better tomorrow. <clears throat> and maintaining the promise, looking at it as every day I'm going to do my best. And a slip is not the end of that promise, a commitment to stop smoking. And so I really cut back a lot today. I'm feeling good about that. It, it, on the next day, when I didn't cut back, I don't want to say, well, the heck with that. Um, you know, obviously this isn't going to work. What I want to do is give myself that reprieval. I want to pat myself on the back when I do a good job. And, and I want to acknowledge that a slip is not a break in my resolution. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that is a huge one. You know, I would say take each of your goals and take them on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe a meal-by-meal -meal basis, take on an hourly basis. Okay, well, I messed up then, but I'm going to start again. So when it comes to New Year's resolutions, to me, they're not just something that you have on January 1, you know, when you first get out of bed. It's, it's a resolution you make to yourself over and over again, constantly. So yeah, you messed up, you didn't quite stick to it for one reason or another, okay. I'm back on track right now. I will do better. And so if it comes down to diet, you take it meal by meal. Um, I actually did the same thing. It's a little bit different, but I did the same thing when I decided I was going to explore going 
vegan. I really thought it was impossible for me. Um, you know, having milk in my tea. I'm a British Indian and my cup of tea is absolutely vital. Um, almond milk and tea sucks. It's nasty. I tried all of those other things. Um, but I decided I would simply explore veganism. I didn't put the pressure on myself, but I would try it. And I literally went meal by meal by meal. And at first I failed a hell of a lot, you know. Um, but then I would have well, I succeeded in that meal. That meal was totally vegan. And then the following day, you know, maybe I managed it twice. And then within a few weeks, well, I'd gone the whole day keeping totally vegan. Um, and then I went from the whole day to the whole week. And now I am fully vegan. That's a hard goal. But you have the same thing when it comes to losing weight and eating more healthfully. You know, you can mess up once, that piece of cake can be irresistible, that, you know, but you just start building in those better habits, putting more food on your plate that is the healthy stuff, the vegetables, the, you know, eat, eating the correct foods, doing that little bit of exercise, but just, just day by day, one step at a time, and congratulate yourself every time you get it right. Yeah, and for our listening audience, listen, when you go to the pizza place, as we did today for lunch, a naked pizza is one without any cheese. It's loaded with vegetables. There's nothing else on it, but there, I mean, uh, that is a naked pizza. Just go ahead and imagine that one. My wife became a vegan. Well, you know, I go along with her, her desire. So when we eat together like pizza, I'm a vegan too. It is, but remember how hard the naked pizza was at first. The first time I had that, it was disgusting. It's, it was incomplete. It was totally incomplete. I remember most the uh, looks we got from the uh, pizza makers. Okay. That's right. But then you substitute it, and then you find a way around it, and then, you know, you just play around with I mean, first of all, I would have to put something else on it. So we went to the special pizza place, and they would make custom pizzas for us. And they loaded on those vegetables. And those vegetables were so good because there were so many the majority of pizzas these days, you know, if you go out, well, you have the tomato sauce, you have the cheese, and you have this little sprinkling of vegetables. It's I like, don't think anybody well, out like there listening to us can imagine a naked pizza, but okay. It gets easier with practice, and there comes a point, I promise you, that you will actually enjoy the flavor better. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the to problem number two. Often our resolutions or goals are too ambitious, and we need to recognize that. It's not that we cannot achieve lofty ambitions, but perhaps we need to break them up into small steps. So, okay, you kind of gave us an idea about small steps, your day at a time. What, what other thoughts do you have on this, uh, Ravinder? I do. It is definitely an extension. I would say be kind to yourself, you know. I think being kind to yourself is a really important part of it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think you're a failure because of it. Don't reward yourself subconsciously because you didn't think you would succeed and so you've allowed yourself to fail. That's kind of weird logic there. Well, but this is about lofty goals. You know, this is about, okay, you know, my ambition is I want world peace. That's my goal for this year. I'm going to promote world peace. Well, now, that, that's a wonderful goal. But if I look at that goal, it, it, it doesn't have any milestones in it per no. se. It's, uh, you know, if, if what I did instead was to, to say something like, okay, I'm going to work toward world peace one person at a time. I'm going to make a pact with myself to stop obsessing about the past or the future. Uh, and, and instead, I'm going to embrace the present moment and I'm going to do everything I can in the here and now. I'm going to smile at every person I meet. I'm going to be warm and friendly. I, I'm going to make my personal environment one of peace, balance and harmony. Okay. That becomes digestible. But the idea of world peace, yep. that's so I think I think the answer here that we're looking for has to do with if our ambition, if our goal is too lofty, too ambiguous, 
we're not going to be able to achieve it. So it, it really it doesn't have any meaning. But if it's important to us, if we bring it in locally and make it about our own behavior, then we can get some some traction underneath it. Absolutely. If you break the big goals up into numerous tiny goals, then you can start ticking things off that, that you have achieved and you are moving in the right direction. And when it comes to the big goals, you know, that's about the best that you can do is constantly be moving in the right direction. And again, make them local. I mean, even if what you're going to do is create a peace organization that begins locally. All right. We're addressing the reasons so many people fail with their resolutions. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take on oh, another 18 or so. So please stay with us. Now, for all of you in the chat room, we have a short video featuring pets who don't need New Year's resolutions because they're already perfect. You're going to love this one. So if you're not in the chat room already, now's the time to get on over there. And you can do that again by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Change has never been easier. Whether you wish to lose weight, stop smoking, build better relationships, become creative, enjoy ultra-prosperity, or simply relax and promote self-healing, InnerTalk has been repeatedly demonstrated effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies. Our customers love InnerTalk. Sean wrote, I have struggled with bulimia for over 30 years and have never been able to lose weight without restoring to it until I used InnerTalk. Vicki wrote, My hubby has been using the Stop Snoring CD and already his dangerous and raucous snoring levels have stopped. Celeste wrote, I recently graduated from Taft Law School with honors. I'm writing to tell you how much your InnerTalk CD, Excel in Exams, has helped me. With over 300 titles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check it out today by going to innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. in general reading more watching less learning all the rules for chess becoming somewhat smarter in general eating fish not fingernails volunteer to save the whales becoming a better guy in general saving more spending less yes i will wag my chest dating more girls in general but not this year no this year is different as different as a gazelle Yes, a gazelle from a deer. After all these failed resolutions, my future is clear. The future is near. Just forget those resolutions. You know that you are never gonna do. And adopt a more realistic view by committing to things that come easily to you. Like one value meal a week Or put the correct shoes on the correct feet Just raise the bar to walk effortlessly Just face the fact you've always thought Those resolutions don't mean squat And settle into a more comfortable spot Embrace all the things you know you are not Hit the snooze, roll over, then repeat Make large purchases, then lose the receipt 
just raise the bar to walk effortlessly underneath. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're chatting about why so many people fail in their self-promises or resolutions. Now, normally we ask our guests for their favorite music, but today we decided to play something cute and perhaps appropriate. So you just heard Rhett and Link performing New Year's Resolutions song. What do you think, Ravinder? Are New Year's Resolutions just so much diddly squat? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they're a, a reminder to us that we can always achieve more and reach higher. Um, maybe they're a reminder to us how we allow ourselves to slip and let go and forget. So they can help to keep us on track. Um, I actually don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Um, I think it's a good time to, you know, take note of what you have achieved and, um, you know, how far that you've come. But I actually make resolutions all year round, whenever I see anything in myself that I think I can do better, whenever I come across something, it's like, I want to do that. So you do think New Year's resolutions are just squat? No, no, not exactly. <laughs> I think it's just, it's a good time. I think if you have too much focus on them, then you can get into trouble. All right. Well, that's a good segue into the third reason listed why people fail at their resolutions. And that's we just give up too easily. We make a resolution, and right away we break it. And when we do, we abandon the resolution. Whether you get up discouraged or simply lose interest, giving up too easily is a big resolution breaker, and we've kind of discussed that. But many people make their resolutions with a genuine belief that they can accomplish them. But come February, the excitement wears off, and other priorities begin to take precedence. How do you cure this issue, Ravinder? Once again, it's, you know, I look at every day as an opportunity to make a resolution. One of the things I found when I was younger was that, you know, I'd make a resolution. I'd be thinking about it in December, but I would wait until January 1 to start. But January 1, you know, especially if you've been out to a party the night before, well, it's really hard to keep to your resolution of getting up early and being active right away you know when you're feeling groggy and overly tired and you're still recovering from the parties and whatever not that I was a party girl but you get the picture yeah um but what I what I, I would offer burst the bubble of our audience what I nice. would what I would often find is that you know I wouldn't keep to the resolution on the first some other excuse would come up on the second the third kind of drifted by me and I could be a week into it and I hadn't started yet um, so this is kind of like you know the the reverse of the the problem that you outlined first of all where people start but then they lose enthusiasm for it um, I think there is this tendency to to fix a certain date or a time to begin your resolution um, and when you do that so there are lots of people that will forget about you know whatever their dreams and goals were think they'll start again next year next year's a heck of a long way away so do you encourage people to write them down you know you know write down what each of these uh, goals are maybe you know to, uh, indeed we're going to cover a little later one of the problems people have is they don't make a plan but we'll segue into that right now um, I think jotting down what your resolutions are and posting them in a obvious place like, you know, a post-it note on your bedroom mirror, something that you see every morning, maybe when you're brushing your teeth in the bathroom, um, just to remind yourself, especially first thing in the morning, having that reminder, every day is a new day, it's a new opportunity to achieve your goals. Okay, I think, you know, there's another factor here. If you create a resolution, and when you put it down, you say, you know, I hope I can do that. I mean, I, I, maybe I can do that. I mean, every year I've done that. I, I've been going to quit, you know, smoking for 10 years, but, but this time. But you really don't believe that you're going to be able to keep that resolution. 
you're going to create a problem for yourself. Because you, if you remember Professor Bruning, Graziano Bruning, uh-huh. on our show, uh, the neurologist has looked at all the neurochemicals. When, when, we have a, when we make a prediction and the prediction comes true, the brain releases dopamine. Dopamine is an addictive substance. So every time I say I'm going to do something and I don't believe that I can do it, and then I can't do it, I fail at it. Well, I just didn't keep that resolution. I'm rewarded. So now I've got an addictive pattern I'm beginning to create where I'm actually rewarded for failing. And that's something we want to be real careful about. You don't want to make that resolution if you don't believe you can achieve it. Okay, problem number four. Sometimes you realize your resolution is a bigger time commitment than you'd originally intended. Instead of trying to accomplish it in one day, the answer would be to break it up. And what else could you do, Ravinder? I mean, let's say, for example, you're going to work out. You're going to go to the gym, okay? You're going to swim every day. You and I have had this. Mm-hmm. We joined a country club, paid some big bucks, going to use their pool, going to teach our boys to swim. We're going to swim. The we- problem is our ranch is in the country. So, okay, just to get there is an hour drive. Get back is an hour's drive. Trying to fit the couple of hours in, plus the time you'd be there with our boys in school and their schedules, that resolution went down the road because we never really figured out the time allocation. We never figured that out. We paid for that membership for months. Years. Two years. Two years. Was it really that bad? It was really that bad. <laughs> it was embarrassing because we didn't go once. No, that's Not- right. Not once did we, because we hadn't figured out. Um, You know, this happens to be one of the things that I'm really guilty of with lots of other of my resolutions too, that comes down to the time. So you do need to be realistic. I think if you can find a way to make it work, find a habit. I'm a strong believer in creating habits in doing all of these things. So for me, you know, I want to learn to play the guitar. I've been starting to learn to play the guitar for decades now. I want to learn to play the piano. I want to learn to draw. Um, I want to do more of my educational stuff. And all of these things take time. So take, for example, this. I got a teach yourself to draw course in 30 days. Um, You got that for me back in 2014, but I didn't have a time that really worked. I thought I would do it each morning because you're supposed to take 20 minutes, half an hour each day. Just put that time aside to do it. And I thought, okay, I'll do that first thing in the morning because I get up in the morning and, you know, it takes me a while to have my first cup of tea. I could do some doodling right then. Um, But there's lots of other things that can come into play. You know, I can be too tired, so my head's not there. I've got chores to do, you know, put the dishes away, load the dishwasher, you know, tend to the animals. It's just this, that, and the other. And so, you know, I did the course at that point for a few days. That was all, three or four days. And then I didn't have time. And the book sat on the table for the longest time before I put it up. But I started that again, and this is an example again of making a resolution at a time other than January 1, because I started this um, two months ago. It's a teach yourself to draw in 30 days. It's taking me longer, not because I'm not putting in the time, because what I found was rather than doing it in the morning, if I do it in the evening as we're watching television, you know, we watch TV, we're just kind of unwinding. I don't really care about what's on TV. We're just relaxing at the end of the day. But I pick up my art book and I am doing that almost every night. There are some nights that I don't do it, but the course is taking me longer because I'm taking it more seriously. So I may do a certain class twice. I may divide a class up into three so that I can, you know, work at the elements. I will practice some of the stuff. Um, So 
But right now I'm 70% through that book and I have made phenomenal progress with a person whose stick figures don't even look like it's stick true. figures. You, you have made phenomenal. Your first little house drawing versus your house drawing today is, yes, well, if I hadn't known better, one's in the first grade and the other's a senior in high school. Nevertheless, the question <clears throat> And for a resolution to have any real meaning, we must think about how much time it's going to take. And we must be willing to allocate that time. As with your art, you can't just say, oh, well, I'll squeeze it in here or I'll squeeze it in there. Because if you do that, well, what happens is, you know, three years later, you're still working on your art. Four years later. Uh, now, it might take you five or six years, and if that's okay with your resolution, well, good. In the next five years, I will learn to draw. That's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that is probably the way to do it. Look at what time you have, what, how much time your resolution is going to take, and plan that. Don't catch yourself like we did with our country club, Okay. <laughs> That one is embarrassing. Number five on our list. (laughs) Many give up on their resolutions because of the expenses. They don't think through in advance how expensive it may be for the gym membership because they're going to get fit. Uh, For the country club because they're going to learn to swim. Um, You know, when you look at a goal, thinking about how much that goal is going to cost you is an important aspect of whether or not you're going to succeed with that resolution. And to me, that brings us to number six. And we've hinted at it and we've touched it. You know, number six for me is make a plan. If there's no plan behind your resolution, if you hadn't thought, how much time is this going to take? Do I have it? How much money is this going to cost? And am I willing to spend that? Um, you know, is this really, you know, a resolution that's that important to me that I'm going to, you know, truly make this commitment? If I had set out the plan, even if it's to say I'm going to learn to draw over five years, a little bit here and a little bit there, if I haven't created that plan, it's almost a certainty my resolution will fail for one reason or another. Do you agree or disagree? Absolutely. You want to create a plan and you want to break the the big task down into lots of small pieces so that you can start ticking them off. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. It's far better to succeed at smaller, more manageable resolutions than to fail at the larger, loftier one. Just okay. take it one little step at a time. We need to hurry because we're running short on time here. The next issue is, and, and again, we've touched on this, unrealistic resolutions. Res- resolutions require changes in behavior. And most of us don't want to face the fact that there's often a laundry list of changes to make. So when you pick your resolution, do so with confidence that you're willing to make the changes in your behavior. Think through the changes you'll have to make before challenging yourself with a goal that is unreasonable in halt. Let's say, for example, you want to make a million dollars this year. Understand that this means you will have to do many things different than last year. You may have to quit your job, find a partner or investor, mortgage your home, or worse yet, sell it to raise your venture capital. You'll need a business plan detailing expenses, income, personnel, projections, ROI, etc. You may need to hire an accountant to assist you with some of this, or a business manager. Think about everything that you'll have to change before you make that resolution. You think of anything else relative to this issue, Rav? Yeah, no, I'm still... I mean, I would say don't make the big the big resolution. Don't say I'll make a million. Just say, you know, I'm going to make more and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to get an education so I can get a better job. I'm going to save a little bit more. I'm going to learn about investing. Those little elements... But being move. precise about what yes. you're going to do. I'm going to learn a little more about investing. How am I going to do that? What am I just going to watch uh, the business hour? Uh, Am I going to take an online course through, say, Coursera? 
you know, be specific about how you're going to acquire this yep. added information, skill set, if you will, that's going to build a larger portfolio or make it possible for you to begin to uh, increase the, the amount of wealth that you're seeking to increase, your income or what have you. Agreed? Absolutely. Okay, next. This is a huge one. Commitment. Commitment is one of the major reasons people fail. Um, you know, we can have momentary feelings of, of, gosh, wouldn't this be nice? And, you know, I think I should. Or, boy, I'd, I'd look better if I did. Um, but, you know, what happens is, our commitment pales compared to the amount of energy we're genuinely, it's genuinely necessary for us to succeed. And there's an inverse proportion to this, too. It can be that, you know, I made a resolution. I was, I was going to lose weight. I knew I'd be more attractive if I did. And I lost the weight, but it didn't make any difference in how people treated me. So I put a few extra pounds on. What difference does it make? I'm not, I'm not going to worry about getting fit and going to the gym because it just doesn't matter. So the, you have that inverse side of the commitment. Commitment expects a reward. Well, should it expect a reward? Are you doing this because you expect to get something out of it? If you're doing it, you know, for somebody else... That's probably not a good reason to do it because that makes the outcome of what you're doing dependent upon their approval. If you're going to have a really solid reason for investing in these resolutions, making that commitment, make it your own. It's what you want for you. And if, if it's, you know, if it's acknowledged by other folks, great. And if it's not, it doesn't matter. Pat yourself on the back. You achieved your goal. Would you agree? Absolutely. Do it for yourself, not because it's the norm and everyone decides they're going to lose weight in January. Uh, you know, find things that are important to you. Become the person that you want to be. All right. Number nine is perspective. And I think you basically already covered that because... Perspective calls in the notion of, is this the correct time for you to set a goal? Just because it's New Year's doesn't necessarily mean it's the right time for you to set your new, you know, resolutions. Timing can be everything. For example, Ravinder and I live in a climate where months on end the snow may not melt. The road surfaces can be covered with ice, as they are right this minute, and the wind chill has been known to get to 50 below. So if your goal is to prepare for a marathon, recognize that your training must begin when the weather permits. Don't go telling yourself, I'm going to run every day when you, it's January and you live in the country like we do. You agree, Ralph? Sadly, that is so true. I'd love to run every day, but it's not going to happen. I will do that marathon this year, but my training will start as soon as the roads dry off and I'm not going to die of exposure stepping outside in my running gear. So perspective. Choose a time, as Ravinder indicated earlier, maybe you're making this list in, in, um, on New Year's Day because it's part of making a plan. And in this year, you want to begin marathon training, but you happen to live in cold country? Well, okay, let's see. The weather is usually warmer in March and the roads are okay to run on or there's a park nearby that has a trail. I'll begin running in March and you set that up and you actually again make a plan as to how you're going to succeed with each of these resolutions. Every time you succeed you will be rewarded. Pat yourself on the back but I'll tell you the brain will just tell you in neurochemicals good job. And that builds the kind of habit you want, not the one where I get rewarded because I expected to lose. All right, the 10th is my favorite for a simple reason that I believe it's the most important. Shape list number 10 as failing to believe in yourself. You know, if you listen to this show regularly that I close every show with, 
Remember, believing in yourself always matters. Nothing, nothing is more important than believing in yourself. You're to be happy and successful in life. To that end, it is important that you acknowledge your goals and ambitions. As Ravinder has pointed out, as we've said repeatedly, by patting your own back. Life can throw many obstacles our way, but often those obstacles turn out to be opportunity if we face them with optimism and self-belief. Our patented InterTalk technology is all about rescripting the fear, doubt, worry, self-loathing, and other negative falsehoods about who you are, and creating a self-talk that is positive, self-assuring, confident, and successful. When you believe in yourself, magic just seems to happen. I, I can't tell you, we have thousands of testimonials to that effect from our customers and and repeated double-blind scientific studies conducted by independent universities or at independent universities by independent researchers repeatedly demonstrating the effectiveness of just changing that stream of consciousness, just beginning to believe in yourself. There's nothing I could say more important to you than... Every time you have a doubt, you have a self-destructive needle in your path. Rav, we have about 30 seconds. You want to add to that? Absolutely. What you believe um, will have the likelihood of coming true. So if you think you're going to fail, well, then you've just made that a whole lot more likely. We're out of time. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. We want to thank you all for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our show. We'll gain something from it, and we'll join us again next week. Same time and same place. Do tell your friends. Let's have them join us as well. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.